Hello, and welcome to Seismic Airwaves, a podcast centered on earthquakes based in Portland, Oregon, where we learn from experts, survivors, and other disasters. I'm your host, Sabina Roan. My name is Yu Xiao. Um, I am associate professor in the Department of Urban Studies and Planning at Portland State University. This project owes no small part to Dr. Xiao because she was my advisor starting this up as I was finishing a master's degree in urban and regional planning at Portland State University. When Dr. Xiao and I recorded this conversation at the end of 2019, we had absolutely no idea that the novel coronavirus would emerge and cause a global pandemic. There are many parallels between what Dr. Xiao has found in her research. I actually found it kind of eerie to re-listen to the conversation myself that I had with her under this new context of the COVID-19 pandemic. Could you paint a, a picture of the landscape after an earthquake or specifically an earthquake, but I know you look at other types of disturbances in your research. Um, so what type of impact does that have generally on a, a region? Well, it depends on the uh, intensity of the earthquake, right? Mm-hmm. So a minor earthquake may not cause much damage. It could be uh, you. Someone will f- feel the shaking. It's scary, and um, it may have cracks, uh, cracks on the windows or you know on the wall. You know that that's possible, like building damage. But for minor event, may not even be that. Maybe just shaking. Now, if you are talking about the big one, the nine point zero Cascadia subduction zone earthquake, that's a different story. Because um, I mean, I, I'm not a I'm I'm not an engineer. I'm not a geologist. Uh, so my understanding of it is really based on my reading or like my information from the reading, right? So so if I look at it, I tend to look at the social side of it. So so I think it's very likely like the New Yorker article in 2015. The New Yorker article Dr. Shaw is referring to came out in July 2015. And it discusses how the Cascadia subduction zone earthquake holds the potential to be the worst natural disaster in history for the continent. It already said, okay, so many bridges are going to collapse, right? And then there are so many buildings are going to collapse. And I'm like, I'm like that's very horrible. Um, and transportation network really will be interrupted. Now, my understanding is on top of that i'm thinking about tend to some uh, social side of it right so you have like infrastructure damage building damage and lifeline services probably will shut down like um the utilities for example water sewer uh, telecommunication and those services may be shut down so the the social side of it like the social impact of it like people may be trying to contact someone but could not contact um and then it could also be that there's panicking right i really worry about the food security a lot because i'm thinking if uh we have lots of uh unreinforced masonry buildings um in the downtown area poland uh downtown poland area so um in an event like that the unreinforced masonry buildings may become you know, rubble piles, and that, and also we have very narrow streets in downtown Poland. When that happened, they may block the roads and uh, the max lines, right? So 
how do you get people out, uh, evacuate? That that become a problem. And another part of it is because the buildings may not be safe and、uh, usable after the disaster. Then where do we house those people?、Uh, so maybe they have to. Find a tent and the oh one one way is probably evacuate and get them all out of the city. Now another way you know you you have to find a tent for them if they they decide to stay and where do we put the tents for so many people? Another side of it is the food security, right? So how are we going to feed them, <laughs> right? So so now um. We depend on frequent shipments from outside, like the storage and warehouses, to deliver、um, for the grocery stores. Now, if the transportation has been cut, then the outside, you know, trucks cannot come and deliver for the grocery store. So. When people go to the grocery store, maybe the the goods、uh, and supply will run out.、Uh, I don't know in a few hours. Then how are we going to? Help them,、um, the people, to feed themselves, right? So, so I mean, it's it's horrible. It just by thinking about the infrastructure and the movement of the earth and or or building damage already. But from my perspective, I, I think the you know, the 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 horror will increase if you think about the social side of the story. So、um, yeah, that's what I what I think. It really depends on where you are, and、um, are you prepared. Or not, right? So, so、uh, many things can go wrong, and、um, it's it just like the events, how large it is, that will have a big impact on how bad it looks after the earthquake.、Mm-hmm. I know it's hard to, probably impossible to summarize all your academic contributions <laughs> briefly, but could you give a overview of? Your area of work, your focus on regional economic dynamics after natural disasters.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. So,、um, yeah, my work has been focusing on the economic, like local regional economic impact of disasters, and I also look at the business. Vulnerability. So I look at the very micro level, at the business, individual business level, and I also look at the aggregate level, at the regional level. So I would say that、uh, if you look at individual businesses, they are pretty vulnerable because businesses they need a lot of inputs to make their products or provide their services.、Uh, if one of any one of That get interrupted, then the business may be interrupted. Just to give you an example,、um, if you think about a retail store,、uh, I mean, let's say a restaurant, right? So it will need、um, supply in terms of the ingredients for making、uh, hamburger, for example, right? And then it needs electricity. It 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 needs、um, the water. It needs、um, you know it. it It also、uh, needs like sewer, right? So, so it also needs its、uh, equipment. So, and also it hires employees, right? So, it could,、uh, you could you 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 will need the people the、uh, who work at the restaurant to come to work, and also it depends on transportation because the everything shipment to it and also customers will have to come. So, and the building also is part of that. So. If any of these gets interrupted and they don't have a backup plan for it, then they are pretty much, you know,、um, in in a very vulnerable situation. They may close down or or at least shut down temporarily. And、um, one thing is like 
lack of customers. So in the longer run, it is whether they can continue their business. They need the cash flow. So for the cash、uh, cash flow, they need customers to come and buy their products. So if the customers are all Gone or evacuated. Even if their building is intact, they have all the services back, but nobody is there to buy their products. Then they may still fail months after a disaster. So that's at the individual business level. It's really like businesses are very dedicated. Really, like they depend on a lot of、um, lots of inputs. So each any one of these, you know, interruption could make the Business、um, fail, so that's like for one business. Now, if you think about the regional or or aggregate business level, then the dynamics is different because businesses comes and goes anyway. So, for a region after a disaster, you see that there's shift. There are winners and losers to begin with. So there are、um, some businesses that are winners because like if they are doing、uh, repairs, landscaping. Right, and then they、uh, they may have a better business after the disaster because people need to repair their landscape or they they need to repair their house. So contractors will have a super good business after a disaster. Now the losers、um, are the businesses.、Uh, for example, if they sell jewelry, right? So who want to buy another necklace if you have a house <laughs> that needs repair, right? So so the higher end product. And the product that you may delay, defer、um, for later, right? So those are the businesses are going to see、um, decline in their business. So you see that the regional level, it's a balance because it's like really, do you have replenish of the funds to repair? And then some businesses will flourish after the disaster, and some will kind of. Suffer, but if you look at the regional effect, it's aggregate, so it's hard to tell. So many、um, research studies have found that after a disaster, especially if it's weather-related events, so like floods and hurricanes, the regional economy actually see a a boom because insurance payouts come back, right? So these are injection of funds. And and also people take out their savings. They didn't plan to to use that money. Now they take out their savings to repair their homes.、Um, so it could be if you look at the GDP, the gross、uh, domestic product, it could be a, a improvement or like increase at the aggregate level after disaster. That、hmm. could happen,、uh, but it doesn't mean that all the businesses will survive because some will go away, but others may. You know, new businesses may come up, and、uh, in aggregate, it may not be that bad. However, there's also research showing that if it is geological disaster like earthquakes, it may hurt the economy because earthquakes are having will have a bigger damaging impact, and maybe it's so scary that people may not want to move back to that region anymore. They may move away totally. So for floods and hurricanes,、uh, they are. Somehow, there people tend to go come back,、um, and then for earthquakes, it, it just like all this damaged infrastructure. So it's not only a repair of the house; it also has all the pipeline、uh, pipelines underneath and transportation network. It just takes so much more effort to bring a city back after an earthquake. So for the earthquake, you know, it could be that、um, it will be. A really long-run economic decline in the impact region, 
So that's uh, that's uh, just the difference. Another way to look at it is um, there's also shift in the, the space um, because uh, I, I looked at, uh, for example, Hurricane Katrina. After Hurricane Katrina, New Orleans, in, in terms of the number of like employment, it declined. And for years, it did not come back to the level prior to the uh, hurricane. Um, however, if you look at the, it's like a donut hole. It's kind of the disaster zone, like the landfall, um, like heavily impacted area. It's kind of a hole of the donut, right? So then um, you see a ring surrounding that, um, that has boom. It's, it's kind of like there's a sh- spatial shift from the really heavily damaged area to the surrounding area, less damaged area. So, um, for example, if really, if there's a really bad earthquake in downtown Portland, the Portland, this place may take a long time to repair and rebuild, but you may see the businesses going out, uh, to the kind of the suburbs of Portland because they, um, there's also, if they move away very far away, the cost is high anyway, right? So, so you will see that for them, for the movement, probably they will look for the less damaged location just outside of the heavily damaged area. So you see that some spatial shift um, in the economic activities. So after a disaster, and uh, you know, I think I hope that summarizes like what what could happen, yeah, in the economy. So it's not um, totally that it's going to be all negative because of repair replenishment. Some businesses may do better. But um, but for earthquakes, yeah, it's just that that's a really hard, tough one to deal with. It's so fascinating. I think a lot of the research done in this area, it's not at least for me, it hasn't seemed very intuitive. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm in my life, I really don't have any experiences to infer from to understand what would happen to the regional economic situation after an earthquake. So. It, it seems like a very important area of research. Another aspect that stands out to me is that these disasters are so unique in some ways. And to make some sort of standards, to be able to make comparisons or generalizations across different geographies and mm-hmm. throughout time and, and different types of disasters, it seems like a lot of research would be required to a lot of data points to be able to make those type of generalizations. Um, yeah. Yeah. So one thing is, um, I I think it depends on your goal. One, uh, every event is different. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I don't know whether generalization would be the goal. You can learn some lessons uh, from each event, but each event, it's in its unique way. Mm -hmm. So it's like we can prepare for events, but um, whether you will be able to deal with the event that's going to happen, it also depends on that situation, right? So, So I think for us, the best is we document and learn from the past with the hope that it can be used as some kind of reference for the future, yeah, but but uh, each event is really different. So, um, um, but you are right. You know, like it has been decades that researchers in the hazard field from the social science side have been studying um, the event and social economic impact, and we learned a great deal from it. And uh, hopefully, that the knowledge will help. You know, vulnerable like places really sitting at really vulnerable locations to kind of sort out what they can do before the event. Mm-hmm. So so for me, um, it, it's like 
you know, although there are things that can be generalized, but there are some things that are really unique. But no matter what, having that knowledge is better than not having it. So, and we are also creative people, right? So, so when the event happen, you'll be able to hopefully be able to deal with it from、um, the past, like failures and success, right? So, so research is really、uh, important,、um, and、uh, adaptation is also quite important. So I I've heard a lot of this kind of alarmist alarming、mm-hmm. discussion that oh Portland may just be wiped off the map <laughs> after a disaster、mm-hmm. of this magnitude and this this scale、mm-hmm. that it's possible to never recover. So、mm-hmm. I think the the question that a lot of people want answered hearing that is okay will we be able to rebuild or not? But it's as you're saying, it's more complicated. Yeah, and and I think there is a will, there is a way. So,、um, if you look at the history, like the development of cities and regions, some regions just vanish or like lose attractiveness without even a disaster. The Rust Belt, for example, the old industrial belt. There is no natural disaster. The region can shrink. Because of competition internationally, right? So you can call that like competition, maybe a disaster, but but it's not like earthquake or anything, right? So if you think about the dynamics of a region, and it depends. The most important thing to me is people, because、uh, if we love Poland, some people will stay anyway, even it's wiped out from the map. We'll rebuild Poland, right? So it depends on how much of a volition people wants to. Come back to this place, so it it's just like all these、um, yeah resources, money. There are obstacles, but it depends on whether we like Poland. If we really love this place with all these hills and you know woods and and that's a good environment, people can come back. And I think it's all about whether there's the willingness to do so. So、um, yeah, so so why? Regions, some some places decline is because of the attractiveness of that place declined. So,、um, and and I think、um, I I'm not that pessimistic. I I feel like I feel like if even if it's really bad here, if someone said okay, we we anyway we want to come and rebuild, it could be rebuilt. It's just like do we want to save a city? After the fact, like that, or not, right? Or a better question is, how can we do? What can we do now to prevent that day from happening, right? So maybe there are things you cannot do.、It、requires a lot of money and resources, but there are things that we can do. So I think like understanding or figuring out what we can do and what we cannot do, focusing on the things we can do, then. It will be very helpful. So, for example, I think the things we can do save lives. Really, save lives. There's people,、um, and then you know, people are really the.、Um, I, in my understanding, I think people are the the most important. You know, because、um, each life has its own value, and、uh, if we can save the lives,、um, save the people, and with our collective wisdom, we'll find out the solution. So that's why, like,、um, the principle really like. 
it, it is、uh, saving the people. And and then saving the people is easy to say, but it's hard to do、mm-hmm. because that requires like you have to think about the needs of the person. Okay, they need to have a shelter. They need to have food and water, right? So the basic needs. So if um if they don't have a phone, that's fine. As long as they have food and water, right? So, so look at what are the most basic needs. If these can be satisfied, then、um, I, I think we we have some hope in humanity. So we can be without phone for three months, no problem. We don't watch YouTube video for three months, that's fine, right? But you cannot without be without food for three days, <laughs> maybe not even a day, right? So, so that's why I, I think. You know, think about what we can do. Portland,、um, like Oregon, is a pretty agricultural state. We have farmland, which produce goods. Can can um, we we can we can feed people, right? So it's not like we are in a pretty dry state. Everything has to be imported from outside. It's even more problem. But I think we have to look at Oregon and Portland. You know, in this in this region, like how do we um make sure that there's、uh, food security, for example. And and then we we can talk about you know education and other things, but but I think saving lives that that's the top one number one principle. And we have now building codes which has like rules on the construction standards, set the standards and quality, right? So now the buildings are uh the new newest building codes are for life safety, which means that you should be able to still survive, um even in that earthquake. Because you know, if the building is built to standards,、uh, because that's the construction standard, right? So, so it's also about saving people. So that's their engineers'、uh, engineering contribution to saving people. And I think for us, we're from urban planning, urban planners, right? For us, our way of saving people maybe think about the more humanitarian side of it, right? So after they survive, okay, the building is still、um, it didn't、uh, collapse and this person survived, then. How can we, you know, facilitate their recovery, community recovery and resilience? So, what are the things that are needed?、Um, so, I think we should think about that because we're from the social side, and that's our responsibility. Yeah, and I think we should do more because we, I know it, it it's a small small research area,、um, and、um, it requires a lot of coordination. Um, and、uh, I feel like in this region, we we really need to be more serious about it and think about each of us, our、um, profession. How can we contribute、um, in maintaining the civilization, save lives after a big event? So I think that's what we should be thinking as planners.、Mm-hmm. I, I'm. Right there with you, <laughs> I'm trying to too, and it's so. It really touches like a, a natural disaster will touch so many different parts of society, and yeah, that's why I find it so fascinating and worthy to dedicate time to、yeah. as well. I have one more question about how small businesses fare after、mm-hmm. a disruption like this. So I th- I think for a lot of The individuals after a disaster they face these decisions: Do I rebuild or relocate? And、mm-hmm. these are these decisions are influenced by so many different factors, including、mm-hmm. insurance and their ties to the local place.、Mm-hmm. Do you see businesses dealing with 
a different set of factors to make that decision? Or Mm -hmm. are they similar to what an individual or a household, a family would, the different factors they would consider Mm -hmm. to make that decision? Yeah, I think um, businesses are more complicated than individual uh, families. The, The reason being that the owner he or she or you know they, themselves um they are household members so their decision is like a mix of their household decision plus a business decision that's why uh businesses are you know they, to me i said they're double hit by the disaster because one side is their home may be damaged so they're just dealing with all these repairs and like homeowner or like renter, whatever, right? So they have to deal with their household repair and recovery. Then on top of that, they have to deal with their business recovery. So you just imagine that, the amount of stress on the business owners. Um, and because they are, businesses are run by people. So um, businesses, they're not, um, you know, if you look at the econ 101, like um, <laughs> they look at them as, um entities no but but decisions are made by people so you see a lot of decision on whether to come back to the location or not it ties to um the community attachment because i have a uh, done a survey uh, after hurricane sandy in the new york area um and ask business owners about their decision to rebuild and and uh, come back to the community and many of them have options. They can move elsewhere. It's not like some of them are uh, pretty locked in their location because there are businesses um, in Staten Island because um, that's a place that you, you can find a cheaper land, like larger larger land area. For some businesses, they cannot find alternative places in New York, other places uh, in New York. Um, so, so for Staten Island, some businesses are locked in that location. They, have, they feel like they have no choice either to recover there or just close down the business. So many of them, they, they have to recover there. Uh, like, for example, the, um, the school bus, they need a lot of space for the school bus, the buses, right? So they, they cannot just find it in, in Manhattan, a large part of land for school buses. Um, um, so that kind of business. But it's kind of a, a, a rare situation because in New York, it's uh, it has its own special, you know, ways now many businesses even in new york they said oh we have a choice we can find other locations but we decided not to move it's because of the customer base which is very important because they are known to the community they have customers if they move to another location they have to maybe like four to six weeks sorry uh, maybe you know four to six months of warming up the market because that's kind of how long it will take as a new business. So they already are very established in that community. They will consider, okay, my customers are here. If I move, it will take me so much time and effort to rebuild my market, right? So um, many of them stay because they their customer base. Then if you look at the, uh, the, the second reason, it could be their tie to the community. Like their families there and their friends in business are there, right? So, so then like lack of uh, alternative location is pretty much down the list uh, because they don't consider. I mean, there are options, right? So, so the the, the top things they consider are like customers and community ties and friends and family. So yeah, they are um, their their decisions are tied to their um, 
you know, like human side of it, right? As a human being, so you 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 are familiar with this community. You feel like oh, I've been here for generations. I don't want to move. So those are um very very much influencing the business decision. So I say that um for the small businesses. Now, if you are talking about the corporations, it's a different story. Like McDonald's mm-hmm. and Walmart, they have their own way of. Store location. And what is, how do they react in these instances? Well, they are really resilient because they are kind of creating a competition even with uh, against themselves. That's market saturation. So the, some kind of strategy. So even one store is losing money, but they want to have a presence of that store in that location. They'll bring it back because they are, they are, they're, for them, it's like kind of a network resilience. Because they have so many um, branches, right? So one branch does not make money, doesn't matter. <laughs> so um, for Hurricane Ike in Galveston, um, among the first few businesses to come back are like McDonald's, you know, those chain store Wendy's, because they get corporate support. Um, hopefully, they get. I mean, I think they do get corporate support. And uh, they have, uh, they have, they have uh, I- inside of uh, large corporations, they have money and resources. So they have um, um, standards uh, for resilience, and and also they they have like assistance they can provide. So the and and their shipments um, are probably from um, a distributor instead of like for local stores. Uh, they, they they depend on some local distributor for the ingredients. So for the national or international chain stores, they have their own support, um, like inventory supply system, which may be more resilient because not all the eggs are in that region, in that basket, right? So if you are a small business, your suppliers are, you are using local suppliers and all the local suppliers are also affected by the earthquake, then you may not be able to come back because your supplier, you have to run, find a replacement supplier. Right, so that's why like small businesses are more re- uh, vulnerable compared to the corporate um, and the chain stores. So mm-hmm. yeah, that then uh, they are different. So it's very complicated. It's more complicated um, decision than individual decision because it's on top of their individual family decision. They have to consider the business decision. Quite stressful. Well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, not an enviable position. Mm. Yeah, and there's less support for the small businesses as well. Like if you compare to the household support, um, I would say um, there's less support for a reason because it's a market economy, right? So why should we we be spending um, taxpayers' money to support a um, you know for profit business, right? So there's that layer of it, um, like aspect of it. Um, and, uh, uh, and then this is uh, something that, um, well, I discussed in my new book chapter <laughs> in other, the Routledge Handbook of Urban Disaster Resilience. I have more discussion about this in that chapter, um, on the business and economic resilience, because, um, you know, I, I like analyzed like why, what are the reasons for supporting businesses and what are the reasons against providing support for businesses? Because it, and then you have to look at the, both sides and, and then decide, do we provide more support or less support? And is so. this small scale businesses mm-hmm. providing local 
Yeah, yeah. So right. So so if you think about it, small businesses they are not only providing product and services; they also can be hubs for community meetings, right? So they could be supporting the bit、uh, the and also like、uh, if you think about Jane Jacobs talking about the life and death of great American cities, she talked about the safety of the、uh, space. Uh, depends on eyes on the streets. So businesses are kind of eyes on the streets because they operate, they have their hours operation, and there are people coming in and out. So there are、um, community functions that small businesses provide to the community,、uh, which like Walmart or big box retail, they they don't. Because if you look at the big box retail, they have walls surround them, and then the parking lot. I mean, where where is the what are, what are the items straight right? So it's it's different, right? So so small businesses, they have um they they have um. For being providing services to the community, but、mm, some of it may not be um uh like I would say、uh, monetized because you know they um they don't charge that their customers for that. It's kind of externality the the goods, right? So uh some musician is playing on the street. You walk by, you don't have to pay because. You know, it's free, kind of. You can just listen and you get it. So for musicians, they get paid less than the value because the music gets into some people's head. They didn't pay for their his or her service, right? So same idea. Like looking on the business, the business is providing kind of eyes on the streets to maintain the safety of the、um, streets、um, and also providing a vibrant community feeling. But that may not be totally.、Um, You know they may not be totally be able to get money back for that service, right? So, so, so for on on that notes, I I feel like yeah, we should help the businesses recover because they are so important、uh, to the like small businesses, especially the local businesses. They are so important to the fabric of the community, right? So we should help them. Yeah, but on the other side, yeah, why why shouldn't we help them? I already said, right? So because they are for profit, so that's kind of the other side of the view, saying that oh, we should not support. I mean, not support, but、uh, what I mean is provide、uh, lots of money to businesses uh, because um, they they are like making a profit. So you don't want to、um, like free market economy. Well, which is really like <laughs> from that principle. Yeah, they should take care of themselves. Right, so so both sides of the、um, there are bo- both sides of arguments,、um, and and I think、um, I do see that people support local businesses after disasters. For example,、um, the church group may send people to a disaster area to help with the cleaning up. They may clean up houses. They may also may help a business to clean up, so that there are people providing support that way, and and also.、Um, I have also seen customers. They go to、um, specifically for a time period after the answer. They go to support the local business by、um, moving the events over there. So, for example,、um, there's a wedding.、Um, wedding. The, a business providing flowers,、um, and if, and and then the setup for the wedding. So there are some people this uh the, the in Galveston. So after Hurricane Ike, people in Houston they they will say, oh, we want to help you recover. So we decided to move our wedding to Galveston, <laughs> so that um you you can we, we can hire you to do the events, right? So so that's、uh, the the people do that. The people help businesses by being a customer for the businesses. <laughs> so that that can happen、um, as well. So like support doesn't really mean you have to give them money, right? So it could be like go there 
and eat at their place. Uh, that will help them <laughs> to to recover. Um, yeah, and and also telling your friends about it, right? Spread the word about it. Um, because sometimes after an event, uh, you only see the reporters come and say, oh, how bad the damage is. They never come back and tell you, oh, this whole place is open, right? <laughs> so after 1993 Midwest flood, um, I, I talked to businesses. They, they said, oh, well, for like a few years later, two or three years later, we still get phone calls. Some people call and say, hey, is your business open? <laughs> but they were open maybe weeks after the event, right? Because they only hear the news. I mean, no news will come back and say, hey, they're all open, right? Or like this business is open. So, so for them, like getting the word out that we are open <laughs> will help them to come back um, also. So like many... You know, like if you want to help a business, be their customer, and tell your friends they're open. Right? There are things that we can do as individuals to help our local businesses. To sum up what Dr. Shaw covered, researchers have observed trends in how businesses are impacted by disasters. They can categorize different types of disasters, such as floods, geological disasters, and they find different trends. And also, the dynamics encountered by smaller mom-and-pop businesses are different from those encountered by larger chain or corporate businesses. Some businesses profit, some recover more easily than others, some change significantly, and some businesses disappear. And the regional picture of what's going on has potentially different factors than those which impact an individual small business. Researchers have observed a donut effect of spatial shifting of development after a disaster where redevelopment avoids the most heavily impacted area. Tune in next time for part two of this interview on local economics of disasters. We talk about Dr. Shaw's background, the role that urban planning plays in community resilience, and even some advice for small business owners on preparing for major disruptions. Dr. Shao keeps it focused on the important parts of community resilience and emergency management, the people. We at Seismic Airwaves would love to hear from you. You can help determine the directions we take with this podcast. Submit questions about earthquakes, emergency management, disasters, etc. online, and your question could be featured in an episode and help us form our content. You can actually record an audio message that we can play in the episode at anchor.fm slash seismic airwaves. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M slash S-E-I-S-M-I-C-A-I-R-W-A-V-E-S. And you can also send us an email at seismicairwaves at gmail.com. If you're enjoying this podcast, have learned some interesting things, or want to share it with more people, please consider becoming a Patreon supporter and donating to Seismic Airwaves. Please go to www.patreon.com slash seismicairwaves to help support the podcast. That's www.patreon.com slash seismic airwaves. And make sure that you follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at seismic airwaves. 
This podcast is based in Portland, Oregon on traditional and ancestral homelands of the Multnomah, Clathlamet, Clackamas, Tumwater, Watlala Bands of the Chinook, the Tualatin Kalapuya, and many other indigenous nations of the Columbia River. In acknowledging these communities, we honor the sacrifices forced upon them, their legacy, their lives, and their descendants. Our team is Sarah Mayer, Joseph Myers, and Adrian Brown. I'm your host, Sabina Roan. And that's it for this episode of Seismic Airways. Until next time, take care. Music